Uh, good to see you guys, and um, it's lovely to be here. Uh, I know I say that every time, but it is, and I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed at the church. So last week they had breaking of bread, and and I saw all these. We have such a spectrum of people coming, and I thought this is the church. Where else do you find something like this? I thought I love the church. I love the church. I'm so grateful. I know it's not perfect. I'm in it. That's a good reason, but I just love the church. So thank you for being here today. I am really glad you are, because this series, Breathe In, Breathe Out, is essential to building healthy rhythms into our lives, and uh, it is and particularly relevant in our fast-paced, demanding culture. And we, we live like that. We had a a word this morning down at the town center and somebody said they felt their life was on fast forward I thought oh, I like that, that that's, that's really relevant they felt their life was on fast forward so I, I want to start with the exercise that John uh, did introduce last week and we're going to breathe in, breathe out he said can we do that alright now I made him stand up but you guys you look really casual and quite fine so just sit there and um, uh, so we're going to breathe in, breathe out. I feel like one of those instructors, you know. So here we go. I'm going to breathe in, breathe out. I'm going to breathe in and breathe out and out and out and out and out. John gave us no warning of this last time. And I felt I was going to pass out. So I thought, God, give me a breath. In fact, I just took the breath. I thought I was going to pass it. Anyway, and it makes the point when you're breathing out and out and out that life is like that at times. It's just breathless. It's exhausting. It's wearying. You know, we find ourselves with no space to breathe in. And that's the whole point of this series. And first of all, I would encourage you to listen to John's um, word from last week because it sets out the whole, the whole context of this teaching series. I've just had a, uh, somebody who's uh, messaged me as I was in the car coming up here and he listened to John's talk from last week and he just said that it was just so brilliant. He thought it was brilliant. So I'm encouraging you to do that. Otherwise, you'll miss the whole sense of context. And he does it so well. You know, life can be pretty quick. By the way, it's February. So where did January go? I mean, it's, wow, just gone, just like that. Somebody once remarked that we suffer from um, what is known as hurry sickness. So one of the great illusions of our day is that hurrying will buy us more time. <laughs> That's the, that is an illusion, by the way, because hurrying, whatever time we get, we tend to fill it. And that is the problem. And Domino's Pizza became number one in the pizza business because they could deliver a pizza for 30 minutes or less. They said, they said we don't sell pizzas, we sell delivery. We have grown up in this um, day of food outlets which are primarily designed around fast food. Not, not, it's not good food, necessarily, 
And, it, and it's not cheap food necessarily. No, the, the, the slogan was fast food. That was the point. And I have a, even after fast food was introduced, we still had to go and park the car. And then we had to go inside. We had to order the food. We had to take it and sit at the table. I mean, it all takes time. So we invented drive through Because eating in your car is the most natural thing, of course. So... Um, Someone wrote this. He said, it comes as no surprise that in the Apostle Paul's definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13, he starts with, love is, say again, love is patient. That means love is time consuming. Love is time consuming. Busyness makes us stop caring about the things we care about. It makes us stop caring about the things we care about. And perhaps it's even fairer to say this. And we might not like to say it, but I know it happens. Busyness can make us less caring about the people we care about. Uh, Japanese theologian Kosuke Koyama writes a book called The Three Mile an Hour God. And in it he said, God walks slowly because he is love. If he's not love, he would have gone much faster. There's a reason people talk about walking with God and not running with God. Breathe in. Breathe out. Now today is breathe, is breathe in scripture. It's breathe in scripture. And I, I want to take a slightly different tack as we start from Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Now, the words will come up on screen, but if you have a Bible, I always encourage people, find the Romans 12. It's helpful to know your way around your Bible. The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And he, he writes that word, therefore, right at the beginning. Didn't, you noticed that, didn't you? And it's because that prior to this point, the Apostle Paul has been proclaiming the power and the glory and the grace of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ. So he's been doing that. And then he gets to these verses and goes, okay, so now's the application. Therefore, therefore, in, in light of God's mercy, what's your response? And it's a whole response. It's a whole-hearted response. This is your response. And he talks about the whole of the, their bodies. In other words, bring all of yourself, everything, everything. And then he writes, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now, many of you will have heard me say this before, but when you become a Christian, you become a new person. The Bible says we, you become a new creation. And we, the Bible tells us we have a, a new spirit. We have a new heart. We have something inside of that's new and, and where things are really, because we're con- connected 
We've met with God, we've encountered God, and, and he's now become a central part in our lives. And then it says, and, but a, a new spirit, a new heart, but it says, you transform your mind. Be transformed in the renewing of your mind. Now Rick Warren, I, I've taken some stuff from Rick Warren here, because he makes a brilliant point. He says, you need to think about what you think about. So before we get to scripture, I, we want to be thinking about what, what we think about. What do we think about? Your brain, whatever you may think of it, is the most complex part of your body. So among other um, astounding statistics, I'm told that it's estimated that information in your brain travels faster than 260 miles an hour. <laughs> you never knew that, did you? 206, that's faster than a Formula One car. And then I says, it, it can recall 800 memories a second for 75 years and not get tired. I suppose after that you might get a little bit tired, uh, which my wife finds absolutely astonishing considering the number of things I forget. She's amazed by that. My friends, you've been created in God's image and our God thinks. And he has created thoughts. He says, you saw me before I was born. He scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. And then he goes in Psalm 30. He goes, here's, here's this. This is the living Bible. How precious it is, Lord, to realize that you're thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day. Your thoughts turn toward me. And when I waken in the morning, you're still thinking of me. <laughs> he said, because you're made in God's image, he has given you the capacity to think. You don't live life on instincts. You live life thinking. So how you think is central to your life. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he is. Your life is shaped by your thinking. The direction of your life Hear this, we'll follow your thinking. So in Matthew 14, they're talking about unclean, you know, what's unclean. And Jesus says, out of the heart come thoughts. And then he said, actions, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false. You know, your, your, your actions follow your thoughts. So many things you want to change in life, life start outside you. You know, whether we want to go to the gym or to do something on weight or whatever. But it all starts actually not by changing your behavior, but by changing your thinking. That's where it begins. You know, one of the things that people, one of the excuses people use for being caught out for doing something they shouldn't have done, and they go, I don't know, it just happened. It just happened. No, it didn't. It only went on in your brain first. Uh, it, it, the, the, the other one, it, it's, 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 they say that it just happened. No, 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 no. It's as if your body was completely detached from your brain. No, it didn't happen. Or someone will say, some people say this, I just didn't think. You did. You just probably didn't think enough. You probably didn't think enough. Or you probably thought it wouldn't turn out like this. You did think. The direction of your life will follow your thinking. 
Now, be renewed in your mind. You have got to know what's going on in your mind. You see, you're either going to be conformed or you're going to be transformed by God. It's one of the two. It's, it's one of the two. So who is and what is shaping your thinking? You've got to ask that question. I mean, you have ev- endless avenues coming at you. TV, radio, music, magazines. Listen, here, li- we, we are by nature people who conform. Even those who don't conform find other people who haven't conformed so they can be like them. We are by nature people who conform to behave like everyone else, to take the opinions and views of our culture. We want to blend in. We want to be accepted. You know, whether it's at work or with other parents with whom our children have befriended and this nice little group has got together and, and we want to conform. We don't want to stand out. Peer pressure. Don't believe it's just a young people's thing. That's rubbish. It's everybody's thing. You need to think about what you think about. The call is to be transformed. So the important question is, what are you feeding your mind with? It's the choice, isn't it? And conform or be transformed. The Bible says we take, the Bible says we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I'll come to that in a minute because that so helped me. Now, of course, you see, we have an enemy, don't we? Don't, don't think it's just all culture stuff. We have an enemy. Satan, Jesus said, is the father of lies. I mean, they begin with him. They're just endless. They come at us. He wants to stuff his agenda into your thinking. He wants to fill your life with self-defeating lies and thoughts. He wants to do that. You're in a battle. Don't think you're not. Us in the Western world are less appreciative of this. We are in a battle, my friends. And the, and the enemy wants to fill your thought life. Bitter thoughts. Resentful thoughts. Wrong thoughts. Unkind thoughts. You have an enemy. You need to be intentional in your thinking. You know, last year, uh, there was a period of time. It was like a season and I felt I was being unraveled. I, I felt, I just felt incredibly vulnerable. And, I, and when you're in this place, you're on your own. Nobody else can do this stuff for you. I felt as if I was being, I, I was under an assault, a barrage. And, and that, all this stuff going on in my head was unhelpful. I found it began to tear away at my identity and who, who I was in Christ. It was as if I was being dismantled piece by piece. And I, I, this scripture came alive. You know, we take thought every captive. We take thought every captive and we make it obedient to Christ. And this became the word for me. It just came alive in my life. I needed this word. I, got, I hung on to this word. Christians, we have a battle for the mind. We see, we'll come to scripture, but... It, if we're not getting our thinking in place, well, Scripture will just something that we do and leave it and push it to the side. No, I needed the Word of God. It's living. I'm not going to passively accept the lies that the enemy had 
speaks over my life day after. I'm not going to accept that. We have to be pretty active about our thinking. Christian, sometimes, you know, you are too passive. You let him run riot in your life. Don't let him do that. Just because you have an open mind doesn't mean to say anybody can, everybody can go and fill it. I'm not going to agree with Satan, and I'm not going to agree with what he says, which is just a pack of lies. I'm not going to have it. You need to think about what you think about. Your thoughts control your life, so you need to control your thinking. We have a responsibility. Be transformed in the renewing of your mind. Do you know, and it is a battle, and I am encouraging you to get hold of the Word of God and get a hold of it, and, and be aggressive in it. Take the word of God for yourselves. We, this is our response. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And listen, you go to, well, then there are feelings, aren't we? They have feelings. We have good feelings. We have bad feelings. We, sometimes we have angry feelings, vengeful feelings, resentful feelings. And you can't automatically change your feelings. But you can change your thinking. And sooner or later, your, your feelings will come in line with your thinking. You can't automatically change your feelings, but you can change your thinking. Is this making sense? Do we get this? This is really important. So how do we transform our minds? Well, the second scripture I want to pick up is from John 8, verse 32. See, uh, on there it says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We love this line, don't we? You've got to love this line, haven't you? Let's say it. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Don't read it. Say it. Proclaim it. Okay? You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, you say some of these, you go, amen, amen. But before that line, there's the word then. Then you will know the truth. So you need to know what's in front of it. You need, it's, and it goes like this. If you hold to my teaching... You really are my disciples. Ah, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This word, my friends, is just essential. It's just essential. This is not a one-week thing here. I mean, if this is your first time the word of God has come to you this week, then I would encourage you, don't get your own. Go forage for yourself. Don't leave it up to the speakers to give it to you. Go and forage for yourself. Get into the Word of God. It's so important. Um, we communicate. We, we communicate because God communicates. We, we're made in His image. And He speaks in dreams, and He speaks through people. He speaks in nature. He speaks through circumstances. Yeah, we heard somebody speak just earlier on. As I came in, I heard that somebody speaking. God uses other people, but He primarily uses His Word. He primarily uses his word. I discovered, you know, when I, when I was discovering this whole world of Christianity, which I want to tell you, I hated. I hated Christianity. I hated the word. I hated it. I was brought up in a, uh, I came in a, into a boarding school. I mean, we did church like uh, three times a week. I hated this stuff. Have you got that? Have I impressed that upon you? And then, and then, uh, and then I, I met up with these Christians, you see. And one night, I mean, we're 
Oh, this was over a period of months. But one night I was sitting with this chap in his um, student room in Southampton. And I'm asking him question after question. And I can't tell you what I asked him. And I can't tell you what we discussed or whatever. But I can tell you this. He kept doing this. Well, it says here. You know, and I found in this scripture. And he was so gracious to me. But he kept coming back to the word of God. And it was an incredible impression. I thought, this is important to him. This word is important to him. Is it important to you? It's, it, it's just essential. Time and again he kept doing this. You know, when we read the scriptures, we find out about him. I'm just going to borrow an illustration from um, Andrew Wilson, who's an elder and teacher at King's Church London. <coughs> and, and so, like him, I've taken many weddings. I've taken many weddings. And oddly enough, if I was to go into some people's homes and look through their photographs... Do you know, I, I, I would find myself in there. You know, I would find myself in there. And I, you know, there's, uh, so uh, you, you're in this amazing position where you uh, put their hands together and you proclaim them, husband and wife. And then everybody goes, yeah, and there's great applause. And then you step back and you go, you may now kiss the bride. You see? And all the cameras go clicking and all the rest of it. And if I was to go into those homes, and there's a, oh, there I am. There I am. Wouldn't it be arrogant to think, oh, that photo's about me. They took that photo for me. No, they didn't. I'm not the center of it. You and I are not the center of Scripture. Jesus is. Jesus is. I mean, how many times do you go in there for you? Hey, let him, let him speak to you. He wants to speak to you. This book is all about him. We're in the background, that's true. And he has, as I said, many thoughts about us. But it is about him. My, my Christian life was birthed in Jesus Christ. It all started with him. You know, after Jesus has been crucified and resurrected, you read in Luke 24, he goes on this, he goes on this walk. And um, there's two followers of his who only know about the crucifixion, and they are miserable. They're absolutely miserable. And they're downcast. He says, he says to them, why are you so downcast? Why? If my voice is a bit squeaky, by the way, I've had a cold all week, so apologies for that. I'll try again another time. Anyway, so he says, um, and they didn't recognize him. Now, the interesting thing is, Jesus then goes through the whole Bible beginning with Moses, and he opens the scriptures to them. Why didn't he say, come on, fellas, it's me, I'm alive. He didn't. Oh, wow, is that, how important are the scriptures? He opened up the scriptures. He opened up the scriptures. And that evening, he breaks bread, and then he vanishes. It's a good story to have, I can tell you. And, um, and they have a conversation later on, they go, we're not our hearts burning within us. While he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to them. To the, he lit a fire in their hearts. How did he do that? Through the word. Through the word. Again, again, Jesus responds to the religious leaders of the day. I mean, he's very upfront. 
these, you know, these are the religious leaders. They've been in this stuff a long time. And he says, you don't know the scriptures or their power. Well, who is this that can say that? And then he says to them another time, are you still without understanding? Haven't, haven't you opened your Bibles recently? It is written. It is written. It is written. I trust the Bible because Jesus trusted the Bible. That's, that's, Jesus trusted the Bible. You know, you go on an Alpha course, and, I, and I've, a number of times people have said to me uh, on an Alpha course, I never realized the Bible was so authentic. I never realized. I never realized its authenticity. I, 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 I thought it was just a book of myths and fables. I didn't realize how authentic it was. From a, from a literacy point of view. And Jesus talks about the Bible is true, it's authoritative, it's powerful, it's helpful. And so I will as well. Because it's true, and it's powerful, it's helpful. And even if my questions aren't all answered, Jesus, it seems, loved the word of God with his heart, his mind, his will. And if that's true of Jesus, I really want it to be true of me. Amen? We do. Breathe in scripture, my friends. Breathe it in. Be serious about God's word. Be serious. Give yourself time. Regular time. Regular time. Give yourself time. This word is transformational. Oh, it's not fast food stuff. You know, it's not there in a day. But a week, month, year, 10 years, 15, 20 years. God transforms your life. I remember my early days as a Christian, I was longing to be baptized in the Spirit. I was just longing to be baptized in the Spirit. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but um, everybody else was being baptized in the Spirit. It's just so annoying. It was just absolutely irritating. My wife was baptized in the Spirit in bed asleep. I don't know, okay, I don't know how that works. All I know is that she woke up and I've, you know, a whole being was burning, her mouth was burning. She starts speaking in tongues, and I thought, oh my goodness me. She says, is this it? I said, this is it. Now, I don't know tongues can come separately. I understand that. But she was filled with the Spirit. I, I felt, I turned over in bed and went to sleep. I was just so dejected. Why, why not me? And then, and then someone said, they're very helpful. They put this thought in my head, that the baptism of the Spirit was for some people and not for others. And so I, 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 you know, you begin to be renewed in your thinking, my friends. So I went to the Word, and I, I, I did. I spent a long time in there. And I read again and again the things that Jesus said about the Spirit, that out of your innermost being, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. And then he says to his disciples in the book of Acts, you wait here for the gift my Father promised. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, and I read all the way through the book of Acts. And I thought, this is for everybody. This is for everybody. I was convinced. So then it became a matter of when, not if. And it happened. You see, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Get a hold of his teachings, my friend. Be transformed by the, let, by the renewing of your mind. Let God shape your thinking. 
See, a, a friend of mine has been following the Bible in a year from our website here at King's. And he finds it easier, easier on audio. I find lots of reading quite difficult. So he, he listens to it. And uh, he's staying with it. He's staying with it. And he said to me, you know, I, I'm breathing it in. I'm taking it in. He said, it's really helped my prayer life. So what schedule are you on? What, what's your reading plan? I, I say this to people every now and then. So, so, okay, so what are you reading in your Bible? You know, what sort of, what sort of shape is you reading in your Bible? And often I find people are just too random. I use you version. I would have put it up on screen, but didn't think about it then. Y-O-U version. It's an app. And I use that. And, you know, it's got all sorts of plans in there. And the only choice you have to make is which plan. And then get on it. And you've got readings coming at you. And it's so helpful. So helpful. I mean, do what works for you. Please, do what will work for you. But do something. Don't do nothing. Keeps me on track. I don't have to make... I don't have this, oh, what am I going to read now? No, I thought, oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, I'm going to do that. It really, it really helps. So then, The other thing I do is I have um, a journal. You think, my goodness me, that's a big journal, Neil. <laughs> and it's just, let me just say, first of all, that there, there are some entrances in here that just a third of the page. You know, this is not the, I'm, not doing a, I'm not doing a whole day. Uh, so, uh, but sometimes just a third of the page. And, and I have it with me, and I, I don't do this every day, but I at least, I think, two, three times a week, I put in my journal things that God has spoken to me. And I write out the scripture verses, and I know where I'm going. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm looking for God to speak to me in his word. So I don't come to the word of God thinking, oh, blow, I've got to do the word of God. Better read this, read this right, done it, move on. No, Lord, this is your word. This is a living word. It was so important to Jesus. It's got to be important to me. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me in your word. And then certain things come out and I, I underline them and I write them in my journal. And then I can look back in my journal and see the things that God has spoken to me. I find that very helpful too. So you want to get this word in you. You, you, um, you want to give it the opportunity. As you, as you give, you want to give this opportunity, this word, opportunity to read, read you. You don't just read it. You do realize it will read you. And you read for breadth and you study for depth. You have to give yourself time here. You know, when you study his word, you give it opportunity to study you. As you question it, you'll find it'll question you. You probe the word and guess what? It probes you. This is the living word. I mean, let it disrupt you, my friends. Let it shock you. Let it offend you. When I started reading God's word, I couldn't believe the things that God said. I thought he's wrong. How dare I? But I thought he was wrong. No, this, that was for then. It's all changed now. No. This is a word for all time. And God began to shape my thinking, therefore shaped my life. Let it offend you. Let it shock you, disrupt you. 
The God of Scripture is forgiving and he's tender and he's slow to anger and he's abounding in love, but he's also dangerous and he's wild. That means he's untamed and he's demanding. Did you know that? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, I think I've got all teaching, but it's, it's meant to be useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's God breathed. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. As I finish here in, in 2 Kings 22 and 23, the temple in Jerusalem is being renovated. It's a big job. Massive job. And then they find the scriptures. That means they've been lost. And they were living off whatever, I don't know. But they find the scriptures. And King Josiah says, read me the scriptures. And he's undone. And he weeps. And he tears his robes. And he repents. And then the cleanup really begins. And all the idols are smashed and burnt. Because we do that, we make idols. And they were all broken down. And the word of God was read to the people. And the people again became the word, the people of the book. The people of the book. All scripture is God breathed. Breathe it in. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Come on. It may be February, but make this year. Where you breathe in scripture. Amen.